We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. I am your host, Chris Beermaker, Stan Prince, joined as always by my boys, the fellow OGs head chopper and notorious voice. Week one in the books. Uh, always a, a fun week, an interesting week. Uh, we had some big scores out there for, for some of our own in the RG community, so love to see it. Uh, how was week one for you guys? And welcome in, Chop. Let's get started with you, buddy. How'd week one go? It was very forgettable. Very, very forgettable. It was, uh, my core was not quite the same. I didn't produce the same results as it did week one last year. Uh, so it was not good. But I, I kind of, you know, I had a real rough feeling going into it. Like last year, week one, my one of my main guys, Deshaun Jackson, but nobody was on him, you know, I just, and I felt so great about it. Then this year I look up and like everybody's talking to Sean Jackson. I should have known then I should have bailed on him, but I didn't. And, you know, and it just kind of went from there, but uh, very forgettable, but I'll bounce back in week two. I'm ready. Oh, it's hard to, hard to replicate a million dollar week one last year, chop. So uh, you, you set the bar pretty high and I mean, D-Jack's one of them guys we know. When, he, when he's highly owned, it's better just to stay away. You know, those guys, when they're lower owned and they pop off, that's where you get the advantage. So uh, I'm with you. Had, had some D-Jack's, some other guys we'll talk about uh, that we were on that disappointed, guys that we were on that did well. Uh, we'll do some some recapping of week one as well. And, of course, look ahead at week two. No, no. Week one, buddy. How'd it go? Yeah, having football back was absolutely amazing. Just having that sense of normalcy. Waking up Sunday morning, doing the show, getting the picks updated, second-guessing all of my lineup decisions. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, ended up having a profitable week as well, thanks to some garbage time production from Mitch Trubisky and uh, Adam Thielen. So, overall, a good week. Uh, extremely happy to have football back. And sounds like we did okay uh, with the betting picks as well. Yeah, we, uh, we had a lot of people reach out uh, that wanted to track the bets. So, thank you to everybody. Uh, I mean, I wish we could could have put everybody to work here, but uh, it was a first-come, first-serve. So, uh, Mike Lynn is going to be the guy this year for us. So he was the first to reach out to me. So Mike, thank you to you. So we're going to get you hooked up uh, with some RG swag. I've already been in touch with him, and I like chops idea. You know, if he does a good job and, and he sticks with us and doesn't, uh, doesn't bail on us, uh, we'll maybe we'll bring him on the pod uh, towards the end of the year. So 
thank you to Mike. Thank you to everybody else that reached out. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of guys uh, trying to chime in and be a part of it. So uh, thank you to all seven of our listeners here. But let's talk week two. Actually, wanna, anything week one you want to you wrap, wrap up, a, a quick view, or you guys ready to just turn the page here? Anything chop that stood out that, that you want to recap, or we just turn to the page? Uh, which stood out, you know, just, uh, I don't think, I mean, I guess as we go along here, it'll pop, it'll pop in my head, but, uh, there was nothing like, oh, you know what really, there was a lot of, uh, teams that had a lot, if you had turnover in the off season, those teams struggled in week one. So I'm not going to put a whole lot of like emphasis on some of these stats from week one, because everybody's, those teams are going to get a little bit better. There, and, you know, those offenses that were bad in week one because maybe because the coach was new or the some uh, personnel was new, they're, they're all going to get better. So, uh, you know, I think you just kind of got to navigate that minefield here in the upcoming weeks that some of those stats are just they're a little bit fraudulent because there was no training camp, social distancing, all that other good stuff. So uh, that's the main thing. There were some teams that I thought would be a lot better that struggled, but there was an excuse behind it. Yeah, I mean, week one is basically a pseudo week three of a normal preseason. I mean, it, it's basically, you know, almost a dress rehearsal and, and teams kind of getting their footing, getting their first action. So I'm with you. You know, the key to week one is always you want to react. We're going to give you the numbers and, and things that you're going to want to look at, but you don't want to overreact either uh, two things, whether guys had a, a great performance or let us down. Uh, we want to look at, you know, some of the snap percentages, things like that. Uh, and tie it all together. So, Noto, anything from week one you want you want to tie a bow on before we turn the page to week two? Yeah, we definitely shouldn't overreact to anything that we saw uh, last week. But a couple of things that stuck out to me, uh, 13 quarterbacks rushed for at least 22 yards. Uh, we're kind of seeing that becoming more of a trend as the years go on in the NFL. And then uh, the other thing that just stuck out while watching the games is the crowd noise that they pumped in. I mean, even some of the home teams, they'd go for it and get stuffed at the line of scrimmage, and then you'd hear the crowd noise. And uh, they, I don't know who was running that, but it was just a little interesting to watch. Yeah, you think they would have, like, a DJ, a guy ready to hit the right buttons at the right time. But, I mean, all in all, the watching experience, the viewing experience to me was I, – I didn't really look down on it. Like, I mean, some of that was funny. I certainly noticed that. But all in all, you know, it wasn't like, oh, my God, there's no fans. Uh, the game's terrible. I, it felt the same – as any normal Sunday to me. So uh, as long as that continues and we get some good football moving forward, uh, I'm, I'm just happy to have it back. So let's move on, guys. Week two here. We're not going to talk uh, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Uh, as always, we'll have you covered on Roto Grinders with showdown videos. I know, Chop, you got a, a rotating cast of characters there. How, how the hell did Dan Bach end up on a showdown show anyway, Chop? Uh, the guy who's supposed to do Mondays the first week. His first showdown show, he has a uh, quote unquote computer issue. Eric, Eric Bime for. So, uh, yeah, we got to call him out. We got to publicly <laughs> shame him here. That, that can't or, happen. Your first day on the job and you get a computer, you get a computer issue. Come on, man. Yeah, I Come mean, on, I, man. I pull up Roto Grinders. I see Dan Box, a big old ball dome on there doing a show. Like, what, what the hell? Oh, you know, you here? know, you're in trouble when you make the boss have to actually work. Man, you know, you're in trouble then. Eric, you're on the list, brother. Let's get that computer situation fixed. But, uh, Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll have you covered for all that. We have 13 games on the main slate, so we got a lot to get to. Uh, as always, we'll give you our favorite plays, stacks, uh, more betting advice. We'll take a look at how we did week one on the bets here a little later, so stay tuned for that. But 
uh, one of us killed it on the bets. So we'll say that. So you may want to you may want to listen to Noto here when talking bets. But uh, all right, let's get into it. Let's start with our first game, guys. Again, thirteen games, ten early games. The NFL once again doesn't want to separate the slates and, and give us a nice four or five game afternoon slate, but is what it is. So let's start with Detroit Green Bay. Uh, Derek, obviously uh, Green Bay, great performance uh, in Week One, put up big numbers. In Minnesota, led by Rodgers, uh, who just looked like vintage Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, kind of as everybody expected to, to get a ton of the targets. But we also saw Lazard uh, and Matt Marcus Valdez-Scantling do well in that game. Uh, the running back situation looks like it's going to be a two-headed monster once again with Jones and Williams. Detroit side, Lions are going to Lions. You know, as they say, I live in this area. I am a Packer fan, but uh, I hear a lot of Lions talk, and it's SOL, same old Lions. They'll find a way. Up 23-6, to six, uh, try to put in cruise control. Uh, Chicago ends up coming back and winning that game. So now they got to pick it up, get on the road here, head to Green Bay, Derek. So, uh, again, these two teams, a lot of interesting fantasy plays here. What are we buying from week one? Are we going back to the well and Rodgers and Adams? Uh, what do you got here, Lions and Packers? Yeah, it's hard not to go back to Adams. Uh, the Lions were already shorthanded in the secondary. They got rid of Darius Slay. Uh, and then they lost a cornerback uh, for the season last week. Uh, Drew Fonts banged up. So you got to think Adams is going to have another big game. 14 of 17 targets for 156 yards and a touchdown in week one. And that was a game where they were uh, playing with a pretty big lead. So um, he's the most expensive receiver on DraftKings this week. But I think you go right back to him. Probably going to avoid uh, the backfield. You know, you can always look to Aaron Jones in tournaments. Uh, if the touchdowns go there, then he's certainly going to pay off his salary. But you mentioned Williams and Irvin being there, uh, splitting carries as well. And, yeah, Rodgers just seems to be in a good place mentally. They talked about that a lot before the season. They let him air it out quite a bit in the game where they were winning. So certainly something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, he should be able to torch this secondary pretty easily, especially with this game being at home. On the Lions side, yeah, uh, pretty big 17-point uh, lead blown in the fourth quarter. That was pretty ugly. Uh, Got to keep an eye on Kenny Galladay. Uh, if he's out again, Marvin Jones, T.J. Hawkinson, going to see a bump in targets. Don't mind going back to them, even though Jones kind of let us down last week. And then I just don't understand uh, the Lions spending all this draft capital on these running backs and then giving Adrian Peterson all the work in week one. I just don't know what they're doing. So I'm going to be avoiding the backfield for now. What a horrible drop by DeAndre Swift there. I mean, that, that could have yeah. been the game winner. Uh, race all the, the mistakes and losing the, the deficit and the lead and uh, right in his hands and, and he drops it. So again, that, that kind of sums things up for the Lions. So uh, on that side, it's really tough to, to get excited about any of those running backs. And the receivers, you know, we thought it would be Marvin Jones. Uh, Amendola had a decent game. Uh, Quintez Cephas, a guy I believe Chop brought up, uh, or one of you guys did uh, last week, had 10 targets and do a lot with it. But I think there's going to be a lot of room for production uh, if Galladay's out again. Hawkinson found the end zone. So, uh, Chop, quick thoughts here on this game, Packers and Lions. Uh, you know, First thing I want to say is about the viewing experience you mentioned earlier. I, I, I should have brought this up top, but, you know, I spent all morning long. You lead up all this time leading up to the NFL till noon kickoff on that week one. Spent all morning in the office trying to figure things out, do all that. Wrap it all up. Clock counts down to zero. Now it's time, the tradition, you know, grab your computer or your laptop or whatever, go to the living room and start watching some red zone kick on red zone for the first time in a year almost, you know, and, and it says I'm not uh, signed up for that package. Now I've had this thing since I've been in this house, right? That's several years. I've had all of a sudden they change it up. Spectrum changes it up 
and I have no idea, and this is the first time I'm hearing about it, is on 12 o'clock when I'm ready to sit down and watch those games. And, of course, you can't get through to a live person because it's always backed up. It's always been – man, <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's kickoff, man. This is it. I mean, you talk about frustrated. That was the most tilted I've been in a long, long time was, was that whole ordeal right there. I finally, finally got it ironed out after about the first quarter of games. But oh, yeah. That, that was frustrating. That's tilt. Yeah, that's not the way you want to start your, your Sunday. And that, that's kind of a, an omen that it wasn't going to be a good Sunday when you get that. So Yeah, that was terrible. But I got to put them on blast, man. That's just, that's just, that's just wrong. But this Add game. a little list with, with Eric. We're, we're going to make a little hit list here. Who, who's the cable provider there, Chop? Spectrum. Spectrum. Formerly, you're, formerly you're on the Time o- Warner. Yeah, you're on the OGs list now. Let, let's get it yeah, together. You might have to. It is not like I don't pay enough every month. Man, I could tell you my bill, and it's it's ungodly how much I pay for everything. You know, <laughs> oh, but we, yeah, we all know, man. That that's one of the worst bills there is, especially as yeah. the kids get older and, and all the internet speed and all, it's yep, like, yeah. But this this game is all about the Packers passing game again. I can't as as of right now, I can't trust the running game. I got to see. Nobody's separating themselves, and everybody's healthy right now. So, passing game, I'm all over it again on the flip side. Detroit, Green Bay lets you run the ball, and they kind of want to take away the pass. And Thielen got there last week, but that was pure luck. That was pure luck in, a, in the blowout fourth quarter. You know, that's how Thielen got his. Don't read too much into those stats. Uh, so, they don't want you to pass the ball. So, I don't think Stafford's going to have an easy time here at all. And they want to let you run the ball. The problem with this team is, who do you take? They got those three running backs. So, I just can't play any of them right now. So uh, I don't like Detroit a whole lot. And I like the Green Bay passing game again. And that's, I'm, I'm kind of echoed the thoughts of you guys. Yeah. And I think you can double stack too. You know, and I think the question will be is it Lazard? Is it, is it Valdez Scantling? Uh, to me, it's still Lazard who, who saw, uh, played almost every snap, you know, where Valdez Scantling w- was in on about two thirds of the snaps. So uh, both put up numbers at the end of the day. But we're talking about a team total uh, closing in on 28, guys. So they're going to score some points here. Uh, I don't hate the Rodgers, Adams, uh, and bring it back with an Alan Lazard as well. And then uh, bring it back on the other side with the Jones, uh, whichever way you want to go there, a Hawkinson, but uh, definitely a stackable game. So uh, let's get our betting picks here. And uh, Noto went 11 and two last week. So hopefully you guys listened uh, to Notorious, uh, a hell of a start there. Chop, you went seven and six overall. And I, I'm bringing up the rear five and seven uh, on the pick. So, all in all, a solid day for us all together, but uh, total 59% winning percentage. But Noto, 83%, buddy. That, that, now, you talk about a high bar set. You <laughs> definitely, definitely set a bar. And we asked the question, when we all agree on a bet, how does it look so far, boys? 2-0. Buffalo, yeah. Cincinnati were, were picks that we all had last week. All came through. So, so far, so good on those all right betting picks here we got green bay minus 649 on the total i'm gonna jump in here and take green bay six seems a little bit low uh, maybe that's the fish play here but uh, i think the lions uh, it's, they're just gonna dig themselves a hole here i don't know how they're gonna stop this offense so i'll take green bay minus the six chop what do you got i don't think they're gonna stop the offense but because of what i saw D- green bay's defense do in the fourth quarter of a of a game they had in hand i didn't like it so i'm gonna take the over in this game because i think detroit can get some garbage points here all right over 49 derek what do you got here minus 649 yeah i figured it'd be around seven and a half so uh, i will take the packers that's still a little fishy uh but it's funny we talked about it a little bit pre-show 
uh, we make a bet on every single one of these and we obviously aren't betting them in real life. So uh, I kind of forgot who I was even uh, cheering for when I was watching the games, so, but good, good to get off to a good start. Yeah. It, it feels like Buffalo last week. I think we said that spread seemed a little bit low and, and they kind of dominated that game. So, you know, early on in the season, Vegas is still trying to figure these teams out uh, as well without any preseason. So uh, the spreads may be a little bit lighter. Clearly I didn't take advantage of that, but uh, Derek was all over it. So, uh, just something to keep an eye on. You know, maybe it's not the fishy number. Maybe it's just uh, Vegas getting dialed in as well. All right, next game, guys, we have San Francisco coming off a tough loss uh, at home to Arizona, traveling to take on the Jets, a couple injuries. Uh, in this game, we got to keep an eye on, obviously, George Kittle, uh, knee injury, so we'll see if he's able to go. Le'Veon Bell uh, on the other side sounds like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, so Shot, who takes advantage of these injuries? I mean, San Francisco, clearly the better team here. The Jets look terrible. Uh, is there anybody that's going to capitalize on, on Kittle and his huge target, massive target volume being out of that lineup? And then do we even want a, a Jets running back at this point with Le'Veon Bell out? Uh, this is going to be one of those DFS games I don't have much interest in. I don't want any Jets guys. I don't care if there's value in the backfield. I don't. I don't need it against San Francisco. So, uh, Crowder had a big game. I uh, wouldn't expect him to duplicate that this week. So I'm a hard pass on the Jets. And San Francisco's set up to where it's hard for me to get behind them either because, yeah, Kittle may be out, but, what you know, maybe Trent Taylor. Trent Taylor would be my favorite 49ers player this week. Trent Taylor grabbing some catches in the middle of the field. But I think they can run the ball. But Tevin Coleman should be back this week. So, and Jarek McKinnon looked great. I think we're looking at a three-headed monster until somebody gets hurt. So I don't want to mess around with that. I'll go Trent Taylor as my, my favorite player in this game. Words that have never been uttered in podcast history. Ever. Trent Ever. Taylor, my favorite player. You'll never hear that anywhere over here on the OGs, ladies and gentlemen. So Chops going Trent Taylor. Noto, can you, can you one-up that? He, he set the bar pretty high here for, for favorite play in this game. Uh, I mean, if Brandon Ayuk is that, how do you say his last name? Ayuk. Ayuk. Is he, if he ends up playing, uh, he was out week one, uh, but if he ends up playing, he'll probably be their wide receiver one uh, with Debo out. And uh, if Kittle is out as well, I think uh, we could see him get off to a nice start in his NFL career. So I would probably go there. You know, Mostert, I just had a great game. 19 touches, 150 yards and a touchdown. But like Job mentioned, uh, it's just hard to trust the Shanahan backfield. Um, could be a three-way split there. So, yeah, maybe Trent Taylor, maybe Ayuk. Um, and then on the Jets side, yeah, even with Bell expected to miss time, Gordon Adams, I'm not trusting them, especially in this matchup. Don't expect Crowder to repeat that uh, performance like Chop mentioned. Uh, 69 of his yards came on one catch, and he's typically one of those uh, lower dot type of guys. So maybe Chris Herndon um, in large field tournaments did have a 20% target share in week one, one and ran uh, nine routes in the slot or out wide. So that's kind of nice for a tight end. But, yeah, pretty ugly game overall. All right, let me add a, a shitty San Francisco receiver as my favorite play here since you guys are doing it. I'm going to go back to Kendrick Bourne. You, you know how it is, boys. You're on a guy, and you know, he lets you down. And what does he do the next week when you're not on him? Then he goes nuts. So I'm, I'm going to go back to the well here. Uh, wasn't great. Four targets, uh, two for 42 in that game. But uh, somebody's got to score some points here. So out of Taylor, Ayuk, and Bourne, we got to get one of these right. So – I'm mainly with Chop here. I, I don't see a ton to love in this game. Mostert, uh, the numbers look great at the end of the day. A lot of that came on one big play, a 76-yard reception. So uh, keep that in mind as well. It just 
seems like an ugly kind of grind it out type of game. So uh, let's go to the betting window here. Noto San Francisco minus seven uh, juice on that number. So we may see that go up eventually 42 and a half on the total. Yeah, this feels like a game to abstain from uh, in terms of putting actual money down, but I will take the under. I am going to go with the under as well. Uh, I agree. Not a game I want to be putting my uh, hard-earned American dollars on and sit down and actually watch unless I was a fan of one of these teams. But uh, ugly, 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 I'll go under. Uh, even with that 42-and-a-half, I don't like that hook, but we're going we're gonna to stay under there. Chop, what do you got? On a neutral field, Frisco would smash them, but now they're flying cross-country. I don't know what the numbers are on that, but I don't like it. So I'm taking the under also, believe it or not. That, that's oh. a Dan Bach play right there, traveling across the country, Chop. That, that's, that's his deal there. So you're on, the, you're on the DB side of things here. All right, let's move on. Another New York team, the Giants, uh, going to Chicago here. So we saw the Giants look pretty good in the first half against Pittsburgh. Put up a fight, and then they, they kind of rolled over and died there. Uh, Chicago, we just talked about, you know, went in and, and looked like garbage for three quarters. Uh, Trubisky turns it on and they end up winning that game. But uh, let's start with Trubisky there, uh, Chop. I mean, three touchdowns in that in that fourth quarter, uh, one Anthony Miller. Uh, are we buying Trubisky here? You know, the Giants defense looked all right. They, they put some pressure on Ben, no doubt. But uh, how high are we in the Chicago passing game? And then the Giants, what are we doing there? I mean, Daniel Jones looked good in spots. Uh, is this a Saquon bounce back spot or are we just avoiding it again? Man. You know, Trubisky, yeah, he was – have you ever seen a guy as close to losing his job and then rally and save it like he did? Because he was probably about a possession away from getting yanked for good in a time in Chicago being over with. And then he somehow rebounded and, and, and got him to a win, of all things. But I'm not buying him. He's not a good real-life quarterback. At times he can be a good fantasy quarterback when he runs. I don't, I don't see him doing that right now. And in addition to all that, you know, you I would look at Twitter today and it and all I hear about on some sections is how Allen Robinson deleted all his Chicago stuff. I mean, he may be on the trade block. I'm sure he's unsatisfied with his contract situation. So, like, if, if your number one wide receiver is not happy and maybe who knows what's going to happen there, I can't trust the Chicago Bears offense at all. So, I'm not, I'm not stoked on them at all. Maybe it's Anthony Miller's week. I'm not sure. But don't like that one. I don't mind the Giants. I think the number one wide receiver, regardless of Golden Tate being back or not, I think it's clearly Darius Slayton's the best wide receiver they got. Uh, I doubted him in that first game thinking it was a fluke last year, but it wasn't. He's the best guy they got. I don't mind going back to that, but I could see him spreading it around too. Chicago's not a defense I want to pick on, but uh, I don't mind. I don't mind Slayton. I don't mind Saquon Barkley. This, this has the feelings of that last game, Derek. Uh, not not a ton I like here. I think the Bears receivers are, are interesting. Uh, Giants receivers are okay, but nothing I'm going out of my way to get here. So same feeling for you, or are you seeing some guys you, you definitely want to cram in some lineups here? Uh, I mean, I have a little bit more interest in Trubisky uh, than Chop, just because he has shown an ability to post that high ceiling. Uh, he kind of saved me last week, too. I got onto him late last week. Ended up having those three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, uh, which definitely saved me. I do worry about Allen Robinson a little bit um, with everything that's going on there with his contract. But uh, it is a contract year, so um, I don't think he can really afford to not show up and play. Um, then Anthony Miller um, is obviously a, a pretty good option as well. We know the Giants 
much better against the run than they are against the pass. So I think it's a decent spot for Trubisky, especially at home. And then on the other side, yeah, I'm just going to be avoiding everyone for the Giants. Uh, Saquon looked more like Leonard Fournette out there getting six yards on 15 carries. That was pretty bad. Yeah, there was one point, I think he had like 12 carries for negative two yards. Like, <laughs> And this was some of the worry uh, with getting Giants like, like in your season-long best ball drafts was the schedule was absolutely brutal to open the season. So another tough matchup here. Uh, going to Chicago. All right, Derek, we got Chicago minus five and a half at home, another 42 and a half on the total. I will take the Bears with very little confidence. All right, I'm actually going to go over here. I I don't love the game from DFS purposes, which seems weird if I'm taking it over. Uh, I do think there'll be some scoring here. It's just there's a lot of different options, especially in the Giants passing game. You know, if we do get word on A-Rob, obviously that bumps up. You know, guys like Anthony Miller, Jimmy Graham, even uh, into guys you're going to want to look at. But I do think there'll be some points in this game. So give me the over. Chop, what do you got? Give me the Giants. I think they looked, I think we're going to look back at Pittsburgh later on in a few weeks and say, well, that's a really, really good team. And the Giants played with them, held in there with them for quite a while. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take the Giants here. All right, moving on. Next game, we have the Rams uh, traveling to Philadelphia. Another uh, cross-country travel here, Chops. Keep that in mind. Going to Philadelphia. Uh, Rams coming off a big win at home against your Cowboys. Uh, kind of an ugly game there. Philly, really ugly game. Go up 17 nothing and end up losing to the Washington football team. So, uh, Chop, one team uh, riding high after a big win. One team kind of licking their wounds here. Uh, what are you seeing from the DFS perspective? Oh, man. What I saw from the Rams was, uh, you know, a lot of rotating in the backfield. So I don't want to chase the Malcolm Brown 18 carries. I'll pass because I just think that's going to be a three-headed monster again. So uh, as are a lot, of, a lot of these situations, I think, earlier in the year with no preseason, I don't think guys, coaches are going to want to go out and let some of these guys carry the ball 25 times. So we're going to have some rotations there, and that's one of them. Don't need that. You know, the Rams are always going to come down to the wide receivers. Is it going to be the Woods week? Is it going to be the Cup week? It's always going to be that this year. And almost every week is going to be one of those guys, with very few exceptions. Last week was Woods. This week I'll go Cooper Cup. Jared Goff looked good, so I don't mind him. And Higby, man, he just keeps on producing from that role that he had last year at the end of the year. So no reason to shy away from that guy again. So uh, I like that Rams passing game. Pick your poison on the uh, wide receiver for Philly. I I don't think I'll be rostering a Philly guy if we get word on Sunday morning that 60% of their offensive line is out again. We'll see what Lane Johnson does. But if he's out again, I can only imagine what's going to happen with Aaron Donald there if, if you got three guys missing out of that offense. And it looked that bad. And Washington's not bad, but nobody in the league is like Aaron Donald. So if they're still beat up on the offensive line like that come Sunday morning, it'll be hard for Carson, Carson Wentz to do anything against this team. So, and the Rams defense looked better this week or this past week than it did all of last year. I thought, I thought it was, they changed some things up. They looked really good. So uh, Philly's a hard pass for me if we wake up and they're still injured. Yeah, it's a great call. I mean, I'd love to take advantage of the Rams on the ground. We, we saw Zeke have a pretty good game. I agree. The defense looked good, but there's still some, some vulnerabilities there with, with the Rams run D, but I mean, you're going to trust Miles Sanders if he is back. We don't even know that yet. Still early in the week, but uh, they're still listing him day to day. Uh, Boston Scott, we know, had, had his struggles and uh, had an injury there as well. So uh, just tough to, I agree, tough to really trust anything 
on either side. I mean, Robert Woods looked great on the first drive, and then, and then they go away from him and, and don't give him much after that. But uh, he'd probably be the guy that I'm looking at here. And, you know, maybe Deshaun Jackson bounces back, but let's not forget, he's got some great DBs over on that Rams side led by Jalen Ramsey. So, uh, no, no, what do we got here? There's a lot of names we can throw around, but it uh, doesn't seem to be a ton of interest in this one. Yeah, I mean, you guys brought up every single bullet point that I have for this game. So I uh, pretty much agree with everything you said. You know, the Eagles already lost two offensive linemen. Uh, Lane Johnson was out last week. They gave up eight sacks to Washington. So like Chad mentioned, Aaron, Aaron Donald could have a field day here. Just got to monitor the running backs there for Philly. Um, if Sanders is out, if Scott's out, you know, maybe Clement's going to be a decent enough value. And then with Ramsey on Jackson, I think you look to the tight ends uh, for Philly. And then for the Rams, uh, just got a balanced offense where we don't really know where the ball's going to go uh, in the passing game. Woods, Cup, Higby, I think they're all okay, but none that I'm really going to force into my lineups. And I agree with you guys. I'm just going to avoid the backfield for now. You know, Brown looked good, but. I think Akers is going to be uh, pretty good as well. And they still have Henderson, um, who could take on a bigger role moving forward. Yeah, Brown definitely looked like the better back. But uh, I don't think they're going to just give up on Cam Akers that quickly. So it seems like more of a hot hand approach, which is kind of what they've been hinting at. Uh, so we'll see. It's going to be frustrating most of the year, trying to guess who it's going to be there. So let's get a betting pick here. Rams road favorites here, Derek. Minus one and a half, 46 on the total. I will go – yeah, I'll go with the Rams. I mean, I know the Eagles, it's hard for them to start out 0-2 on the season, but I just like this defensive line against uh, a shaky offensive line. I'm going to go the Eagles here. I, I think they respond at home. Uh, I do like their defense, and Jared Goff traditionally struggles against good defenses. So I, I think we're going to see a, a Philly team bounce back here at home. So I, I'll take Philly in the points here, Chop. What do you got? Yeah, all this, all the little indicators point towards Philadelphia, you know, because that's the, just the way the NFL is. But I'm going to go against my gut instinct, and I'm going to take the Rams because I, they really, really looked like uh, they had bounced back from, from an awful year last year. They really looked impressive on Sunday night. I thought, I thought they looked good. All right, moving on. Derek, I tried to get you to get that plus 410 on the money line, whatever it was on your Jags, plus 440. I mean, you could have made those chop millions in week one, but you backed off. Your boys responded, got a big win at home. Now they get a test here uh, traveling to Tennessee, who we saw on Monday night. Uh, just an ugly game. I mean, if Goskowski makes the kicks, uh, they, they win handily in that game. But, uh, you know, they, they get it done eventually at the end. Uh, but it was ugly. So uh, a tough spot here for your Jags, Derek. Uh, we saw Minshew look great. Uh, Robinson put up some numbers. Chenault got involved. So a lot of parts there that, that were intriguing. But now going to Tennessee, how much faith can we put in that? Do we want to go there in, in DFS? And is this just a Derek Henry hammer spot here against this Jags run D? Yeah, so apparently the Jags were just playing coy all along. They got their eyes set on the Super Bowl. Um, I'm back on board. No, uh, kidding aside, <laughs> Jags money line at home was like my go-to bet last week, last year, and I uh, I should have went with it again in week one. But honestly, that might be the best that they play all season. I just don't really have a ton of faith in this team. Uh, you know, Chanel is going to be good. I like DJ Chark. Um, and Minshew is going to be playing from behind in a lot of these games, but I don't really see a reason to force these guys into your lineups. If you're making a bunch, you can certainly take your shots here and there. 
yeah, like you mentioned, Derrick Henry, I think you just jam him in there. He was the only running back on the team to get a touch against Denver, had 34 of them. Now he gets to face the Jaguars team that gave up uh, pretty big games to the Colts running backs last week, and they're at home. They're big favorites. Uh, I don't see a reason not to get Henry into your lineups. Uh, he might be my favorite spend-up at the running back position. There's other guys that we can talk to or that we can talk about moving forward. But um, Henry, how hard not to like him here. And then A.J. Brown, I think it's a good bounce-back spot for him. Only 6,100 on DraftKings. Jaguars got rid of all their good cornerbacks. Uh, you worry about the game script a little bit, but uh, if he comes out and gets 100 yards and a touchdown in the first three quarters, he's going to pay off that price point. So give me Henry, give me Brown, and uh, I'll probably fade the Jaguars outside of large field tournaments. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you. It's I love Derrick Henry here. Uh, definitely, I mean, he, Denver did a good job on him, and he still you know put up some numbers. So uh, what's he going to do against this team last season? Last game they played, 19 for 159, uh, and two in that game, good for 32 DraftKings points. So I just think it's a spot he's a guy I want to load up on, uh, more so on Fandle. So we know he's not going to be very involved in the passing game, even as the only running back. I think they want to get him more involved. He got a couple targets, but uh, I think this is a spot. You just want to cram him in. So chop, agree, disagree on Derrick Henry, uh, A.J. Brown, and then any interest in this Jacksonville side? I mean, Minshew, Chark, any of these guys have uh, viable options here? Every time I say Derrick Henry, it's Tanny Hilda Brown. Every time I say <laughs> Tanny Hilda Brown, it's Derrick Henry. So I'm not – it's tough for me, man. I like I like Derrick Henry. I like A.J. Brown, too. I, I think it's a good matchup for him. I think the big thing is on the flip side where people will avoid. I like D.J. Shark. A really poor week last week, but – there was a piece of me that kind of expected it against the Colts defense, but uh, I think he bounces back this week for a strong week. DJ Shark is the guy I want on Jacksonville. All right, how about a bat chop? We have the Titans, big home favorites here, minus nine, another 42 and a half. Yeah, man. Uh, I got to I gotta lay the points at home. I got to think Tennessee's going to roll, especially if they make a move at kicker and get a guy who's actually going to make the kicks. They, they, could roll that, they could roll that spread up. I am going to agree with you. Uh, sorry, Derek. I think week one, like you said, was Jacksonville Super Bowl. I think that's the most spirited effort uh, we're going to get out of them. Uh, I could just see them uh, getting punched in the mouth a few times here by Derek Henry and uh, just kind of laying down. So I'll, I'll give up the nine here as well. I'll take the Titans at home. Yeah, uh, I like the Titans side as well, but I will take the over. I think it's going to be chunk play after chunk play for Tennessee. I think they'll score 30 actual points, uh, if not more. So uh, if Jacksonville could score 14 or so, I think the over hits. How, how, how tilting, though, is it as a Jags fan, Derek, that you've got the perfect excuse to just go ahead and tank <laughs> for the best quarterback prospect that's been out since probably Peyton Manning. And then you end up winning a game. Maybe that's the one that costs you Trevor Lawrence, man. Who knows? That's just I'd be yeah. I'd be extra frustrated. I, I have many years of experience tilting the Jaguars, so at this point I, I it's just expected, you know. Who who needs Trevor Lawrence chop when you have the stash? The, the man <laughs> himself, Gardner. Trade that. You, Come that'd on. be some good trade bait, man. <laughs> trade bait. There you go. <laughs> Derek, can I interest you in plus three twenty five on the money line this week? Uh no, you cannot. All right, so you people, you know what that means. Load up that money line. Jags are going to pull off the upset here. All right, we'll get back to beer and the guys here in just a moment, but uh, it's great having fantasy football back. You all know that. There's no better place to get in on all the action than DraftKings. The leader in one-day fantasy sports, to add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, 
You need to head over to the App Store now because you don't want to miss out. Millions of dollars on the line and uh, nothing better than sweating your games on a Sunday. It's simple. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stack up against the competition. So here's what you got to do. Download that DraftKings app now. Use code GRIND, that's G-R-I-N-D. For a limited time, new users are going to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes. Don't miss out on this week two action. Enter code GRIND to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's G-R-I-N-D, GRIND, at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, back to beer and the boys and the DFSOGs. All right, let's move on past Derek's Jacksonville Jags. Another 1 o'clock game, Carolina and Tampa Bay. So, Carolina, it's going to be a team we want to target all year long. You know, we saw Oakland. We, we all talked about Josh Jacobs. We saw him be heavily owned in DFS. Uh, he paid that off easily. Now Tampa Bay, Derek, they struggled uh, with that New Orleans defense. Who do we go to here? We know they're going to respond. We know they're going to play better. We know we're going to get better out, out of – the passing game, the running game, but who are the targets here that we want for Tampa Bay against this terrible defense? Well, Arian said uh, Ronald Jones was going to be the guy, and he got 17 of the 22 running back carries against the Saints. He didn't look terrible, so I guess you can take a shot on him in tournaments. Carolina, one of the youngest defenses we've ever seen, uh, and they looked pretty bad at home last week against the Raiders. Uh, so I don't mind going there in tournaments. I obviously like the passing game as well. Um, everyone's talking up Scotty Miller. I'm not ready to crown him the next Edelman just yet. Uh, I will still go to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, Godwin's going to be my favorite, but I think you might be able to get Evans at like sub 5% ownership uh, after he was really quiet last week. So I like all the passing game. Uh, okay with Jones. And I think the Bucks are just going to put up a really big number here. For Carolina, uh, it's kind of tough because, you know, Christian McCaffrey wasn't all that involved in the passing game, only had four targets, and Tampa Bay, one of the best run defenses in the NFL. So I'm not sure I want to pay that price point for him this week. Uh, They also have a pretty good secondary, which makes me worry about the deep threats of Samuel and Robbie Anderson. So for me, I'm probably not going to have a ton of exposure to Carolina, maybe a few shots on more, Uh, but I think I'm going to be underweight on McCaffrey, which typically isn't the case uh, for me. Yeah, I'm worried about that as well. In fact, I don't know how much Christian McCaffrey, if any, I'm going to play. I mean, Tampa Bay held him to two of his three lowest scores on the season, uh, including the only time he was held under uh, 17 fantasy points all season long in week two. Uh, But uh, it's just a rough matchup. They can can focus on him. Uh, We saw Robbie Anderson have the big game chop. DJ Moore, uh, maybe a guy we can look at uh, as a guy people were right off to early. But uh, talk about McCaffrey. Uh, those Panthers receivers, and then uh, Tampa Bay. Somebody's going to get it done. They're going to put points on the board. You lean in the passing game or the running game here? So much to unpack in week one that, uh, man, you know, there's so much noise and there's so many things that are happening, and it's hard to figure out what it is because, yeah, I know guys. some guys will say small sample size. You don't want to, you know, listen to that noise. But the problem with the NFL is everything's a small sample. We only got 16 games and then the playoffs. So it's tough. But the Christian McCaffrey is a conundrum because Kyle Allen's not there. Cam Newton's not there. This is Teddy Bridgewater. Will Teddy check down just like those other guys used to do? So will Christian's receiving value be as high as it was this that past year? Like, who knows? If that's – it's going to, it's, 
like Austin Eckler's over there in San Diego getting one target in week one of a game that they they were struggling on offense. And then meanwhile, his former quarterback, Phillip Rivers, is in Indianapolis checking down and checking down and checking down to Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor like all day long. And you realize, oh, shoot, Eckler doesn't have that no more. Now he's got Tyrod who's not doing it. So Christian McCaffrey's the same way. Will Teddy Bridgewater be the check down guy? I don't know if that value's ever going to – I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to play him at 10K again. Like, as I mean, at least right now until he shows me a little something that he's going to get the same passing game work. So I'm with you. Hard pass, I think, on McCaffrey just because that salary is too much for me. Uh, and then, you know, Robbie Anderson was the guy just as much as DJ Moore. That's a tough one to swallow right there. Who knows? That's going to be a two-headed monster. So not super stoked on the Carolina offense just because it's going to be spread out a lot. On the flip side, in what world, I mean, I guess – from us as non-fans of a team or a player, you can see Brady is washed. Why would you, but why would you sign him? You know, I mean, I guess you can't see, I guess you're just buying into all the rings and stuff and things he did a decade ago, but he's washed, man. He can only check down now. He can't get the ball downfield. So I have major, major issues thinking Mike Evans is going to catch those home runs anymore. Chris Godwin might, might be okay because he can uh, catch some shorter stuff, but Tom Brady's not going to get the ball downfield. He's nice and accurate underneath and in the, in the short passing game, but he's not a downfield guy. So this is going to be a game manager. I, I, I don't know, man. I just got to see how it plays out a little bit. But I do know I won't be, I won't be going to a tight end because Gronk is also washed. Yeah, I mean, Gronk, well, yeah. I mean, it's, he, he didn't look good at all. A lot of blocking for him. But this is a team with a team total of 29. So – I agree with a lot of you said, but I also agree that this Carolina defense may be one of the worst that we've ever seen. So I'm still going to build some stacks with this offense. I mean, a team total approaching 30. We have a few teams on this slate where, yes, the quarterback is better. We're going to talk your Cowboys shop against Atlanta. I love Dak Prescott this week. But when the team totals that high, and maybe Ronald Jones is the right answer, like Derek said, I just Leonard Fournette is lurking. I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm going to play some Jones, but I'm still going to build some some Brady stacks and mix and match uh, some of these wide receivers. So the, the matchup's just too good. I agree with a lot of that, but I'm going to take advantage of this defense uh, all season long. So chop betting wise, we have Tampa big favorites here, uh, nine and a half point home favorites, huge forty eight and a half point total here. Yeah, because that defense is, is so porous on Carolina, and I expected I expected better, but again, a new coaching staff, man. How much can you really implement without, a, you know, preseason or a very limited training camp? I think they're going to get better as the year goes on, but right now it's a bad defense. I still have faith in their offense, so I'm going over the total in this game. I am also going over on this uh, spread feels about right. I, I do think Tampa wins handily, but I do think there will be points, and I think Carolina – uh, not that they're going to go out there and put up 40, but I think they can do enough uh, where if Tampa does what they're supposed to do, I think it does go over the total as well. So I'll agree on the over. Derek, what do you got? Yeah, everyone's riding off Tampa. I think they come out, get a big win. Uh, give me them minus nine. All right. Uh, next game. We are still in the one o'clock window at Denver and Pittsburgh. Denver spirited effort at home. Uh, come up a little short there at the end and Pittsburgh, uh, did what they were supposed to do, went in and beat a bad uh, Giants football team on the road. So, Derek, only in major injury here of note, Philip Lindsay, 
uh, left that game. We saw with a foot injury, I believe it was, a toe injury. So uh, Melvin Gordon kind of took over the backfield from there. But this is a tough spot here against this Pittsburgh defense. Steelers, Ben looked a little rough in the beginning, got it going. We saw Juju have a good game. We saw Deontay Johnson involved, James Washington, Claypool, Ebron. And I think that's going to be the issue here, Derek, because there's so many guys. But uh, Juju was the cream of the crop here. So is it as simple as that? Ben and Juju, or are you going to mix in some of these other guys as well? Yeah, so for the Steelers, got to keep an eye on James Conner. Um, he hurt his ankle and left the game. If he's unable to go, Benny Snell, uh, probably going to get the lion's share of work in the backfield, look pretty good. Uh, he would become a lock and load play for me in all formats. Uh, and I think it's a different situation than what we saw with Antonio Gibson, Boston Scott, because we know the Steelers, they're fine giving their backs uh, workhorse-like treatment. Um, even though they lost a couple offensive linemen, uh, they lost two to season-ending injuries uh, on Monday night, and then it sounds like they could be without another one this week. That is a concern. Uh, Denver is a tough matchup, but Snell, so cheap, uh, should be able to get 20 touches if Connor uh, isn't able to suit up. So like that play a lot. And then uh, in the passing game, yeah, Juju had the big game. Uh, might see some A.J. Bouye treatment. Uh, the Broncos no longer have Chris Harris. That is a loss, but Bouye did a pretty good job on A.J. Brown in week one. Um, so I don't mind going to Deontay Johnson in some tournaments. Uh, but we'll have some shares of Juju as well. And then on Denver's side, yeah, even if Lindsey's out, I don't think I'll go to Melvin Gordon. Uh, we talked about it earlier. With uh, Saquon Barkley, only had six yards on 15 carries against the Steelers defense, so uh, not a lot to like there. Cortland Sutton still questionable. Don't really want to go to uh, the cheap receivers for the Broncos just yet, especially in this matchup. So for me, it's all Steelers, and yeah, not a ton to like in this game. Yeah, Denver's team total is down there with, with uh, a tick above Jacksonville's. I mean, down there with the Jets. I mean, they're only projected for 17 points. So uh, Jerry Judy looked great when he caught the ball. Uh, I mean, it, it, a couple astounding drops, which you never saw uh, at Alabama. But he, ju he just looks like one of those guys you can tell uh, is going to be very, very good in this league. And, and Chop, I know you've been saying that uh, a lot, that he's pro-ready. I agree completely. But in this spot, I have zero interest in the Denver side. I mean, that's when I'm just going to X them out, be done with it. Uh, Pittsburgh, great call on Snell. Uh, Connor, I think they'd be wise to just sit him out a week. It sounds like he may have a shot to play here, but uh, why rush him back, especially in a game? Uh, you don't really need him. So, Chop, sounds like mainly Pittsburgh here, unless you have anything on the Denver side to, to give the people. But uh, is it the passing game, the running game, or, or all of the above here against Denver? Well, I will, I will say this about Denver before I completely X everybody out of my pool on them. I'll say that, uh, you know, Darius Slayton looked pretty dang good against them. And I know Slayton is, is solid, but Jerry Judy, maybe he's, maybe he's this week Slayton, you know, he just get, finds the seam against this defense. Like it's tough. To, we've said this before a bunch of times. It's tough to pitch a shutout in the NFL. You're going to, the opposing team's going to score something at some point in the game, even if it's junk time, garbage time. Who's going to get it? I mean, Jared Judy's the most likeliest, in my opinion, to get it based on what I saw on Monday night against the Giants for this defense. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't X out Jerry Judy. Uh, that's about it. But on the Pittsburgh side, you know, I also said this for many years, that there comes a point in a time where in a running back's career where they just hit the wall. For some guys like Emmitt Smith, it was, you know, a dozen years into the league before it finally happened. And for some guys, it happens pretty quick. James Conner has hit the running back wall. He is officially washed. And uh, if I was Pittsburgh, I'd be looking to get Benny Snell more involved as quick as possible. So even if James Conner's active, 
and they say he's a starting. I don't want any James Conner. He's 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 done. He's washed up, man. So uh, hard pass on that if he's active. If he's not active, Benny Snell would be a great play because he's the better running back right now. Juju's the alpha wide receiver. That's the guy. But in this offense, Ben has always made it a point to get number two and number three, even sometimes number four involved. So Deontay, James Washington, even Claypool, still on the radar, but Juju's the number one guy. Yeah, Snell looked great. I mean, last season we saw him and, it, you know, it didn't, did not look good, explosive, uh, came into camp, lost some weight, uh, put some muscle on, and uh, he looks the part, looked explosive. And uh, if he's given that role, I agree. Big home favorite is where we want our running backs. Uh, Denver was good against Henry, but I think that was more game, game plan specific. And we're going to stop Derrick Henry no matter what. I don't know if their run D is that good. We know they're missing Von Miller, major pieces off that defense. So I wouldn't buy in too much to their run D uh, being something to worry about here. So uh, chop betting-wise, Pittsburgh, seven-and-a-half-point home favorites, 41-and-a-half on the total. Yeah, nobody's ever – like running backs who need to make a move, make need to make an adjustment, they either put on weight because they feel like they need to uh, bulk up to take the punishment or they lose weight to get faster. No running backs – I've never seen a running back put on weight and become a better running back. But I've seen a lot of them lose the weight and get faster and become really good. So, yeah, Benny Snell's that guy. He's, he's the breakout guy. But, uh, man, this is a tough call. That's a lot of, that's a lot of points for a pretty decent Denver team. I'm going to say Pittsburgh at home covers it, though. I'll take Pittsburgh. I am going to go with Denver here. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, again, they, you know, they did put up a spirited effort there against a good Tennessee team. I know they're traveling here, but uh, I, I have a feeling Broncos keep this one close. So I'll go with Denver plus the seven and a half. Noto, what do you got? Uh, Chop, are you saying Eddie Lacy when he put on weight, didn't become a better running bit? <laughs> you he became just, a bigger just, running bit. <laughs> you just hurt me with that Eddie Lacy take, man. That guy was, oh, what a waste. He was uh, awesome and then just ate himself right out of the league. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the line's pretty good. I feel like the total's pretty good. Um, I'll side with Pittsburgh just because Denver's coming off a short week. All right, Chop, we get to talk your Cowboys here and a uh, tough loss there to the Rams, but uh, now a home tilt with this Atlanta defense. Uh, I, I think this is a another smash spot for, for everybody here. So I guess prioritize uh, who you want in this Dallas attack and then uh, Atlanta, we kind of saw the same thing. You know, everybody, all the receivers went off, including uh, Russell Gage. Uh, Gurley got in the end zone. He looked all right. Uh, Hayden Hurst, about the only guy that didn't get there. So is this just to stack it up a million ways? A lot of people are going to do that. How do we do it differently? Uh, and then is it Zeke? Is it Dak? Is it is it everybody? Uh, who are the Dallas pieces you want the most? Ooh, I mean, it's – I can't even say. I have no idea. Like, they're all in play. We say we say this uh, maybe about once a week on a game, maybe once every two weeks. But everybody's in play here. They're all in play. Dallas is going to score points. By the way, they got robbed. Come on. What a terrible offensive pass interference call, man. That's that was just, pretty bad. Yeah, that's awful. But, and, uh, but uh, they're going to score points, man. You know, another new coaching staff. That was a preseason game. Teams like this will get better as, as the weeks go on. So offense will be better as we go on. They'll score some points. But, man, there's so many weapons here. I couldn't even – you know, Amari at home is always the guy you want to play. So I'm going to say Amari number one, but wouldn't surprise me to see Gallup or Lamb get there. Wouldn't surprise me to see Elliott Vulture another two or three touchdowns. You get down inside the five. That's what he does. So 
Everybody's in play for Dallas. And on Atlanta, it's the same thing. I, I probably don't want Gurley because I don't believe in the game script this week for him. But uh, you never know when, the, you know, Julio falls down inside the two like he always does. That's Gurley's touchdowns. So you never know when he's going to put two or three of them up. But the passing game for Atlanta, that could go anyway. That could go Julio or Ridley or Hayden Hurst. This may be the Hayden Hurst week. But all these, all these players are all in play this week. I couldn't even narrow it down. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, stack them up. And I think keeping an eye on ownership here. You know, some of the guys are going to fall through the cracks. And maybe it's Lamb. Maybe it's Gallup. Uh, maybe it's Ridley. But – I think that's the way I'll be handling this is I definitely want exposure to this game, but I want to grab those, those secondary pieces, uh, the guys that are going to be less owned in this game. I absolutely love Dak in this spot. I think he responds in a big way here. So uh, pairing him up with, with some of those guys, uh, Blake Jarwin, unfortunately went down. That was tough. Uh, I thought he would be a breakout tight end uh, this season, but I think that makes the target spread even more to the receivers uh, as I don't think any of those other tight ends there are going to kind of fill that void. So uh, lots to love here, Derek. Anything standing out above the rest? Anything you're avoiding here? I mean, this this should just be one of those shootout games that, that we love to see in DFS. I think you made a great point, Beer. Uh, the way to get leverage on these high total games isn't to fade them. It's to find the lower owned pieces uh, that have a bunch of upside. Um, so like Chad mentioned, everyone's in play here. Uh, but the guys that are going to get overlooked, I think Gallup's kind of you know flying under the radar a little bit. C.D. Lamb, uh, you mentioned Jarwin being out. Maybe he gets uh, a few more targets over the middle. Amari uh, Cooper, Zeke, Dak, all strong plays, uh, especially, you know, in single entry cash games, those type of contests. Amari uh, Cooper, 23 fantasy points per game at home last year compared to only nine fantasy points per game on the road. And only 6,300. I expect him to be super chalky on DraftKings. Atlanta, I like Julio. I like Ridley. I uh, won't be going back to Gage. It's kind of crazy that all three of them topped 100 receiving yards last week, but it was a perfect game script. Uh, they ran at home indoors. Uh, they fell behind early against the Seahawks. So I like Julio Ridley and then Hurst. Only caught three balls, but I think he's going to you know, have a breakout week uh, sooner rather than later. And Gurley wasn't terrible. I mean, wasn't involved in the passing game all that much, but he still got 14 carries and a touchdown in a bad game script. So yeah, stack up this game, but don't be afraid to take some of those lower on pieces. All right, betting-wise, we got Dallas at home, minus 5.5, 52 on the total, Derek. If you like all the guys in DFS, take the over. The over it is. I'm going to go Dallas here. I, I think they're the way better team. Uh, I, I think they're going to easily win this game. The spread seems too low. A little nervous about that, but uh, I, I think Dallas wins by double digits. So give me the Cowboys, minus 5.5. Chop. Yeah, I'm going to go Dallas. I know that they're going to put up points. I just uh, there's a piece of me that thinks maybe Atlanta doesn't quite keep pace. So Dallas is the guy, is the team I'm going with. All right, next game. We got two more games here on the one o'clock Eastern portion of the slate. You're listening to the DFS OGs podcast for week two. Thank you. As always, for tuning in. Next game for us, Chop. We got Vikings and Colts, two teams uh, disappointed uh, after week one with their losses. Uh, both teams going to try to avoid uh, going 0 2 here in this spot. So, uh, Dalvin Cook on the Minnesota side, two touchdowns, look good. Uh, Indy, not much look great. Obviously, lose Marlon Mack. So, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, uh, we saw do some damage, uh, parse through that backfield there. But uh, this is one of those games I, I think may fly under the radar a little bit, but I think there's a lot of intriguing plays here. John. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, 
definitely intriguing on the Minnesota side. Uh, Adam Thielen, the number one guy, no doubt the alpha in that wide receiving core now with Stefan Diggs gone. And he, he stepped up in the fourth quarter. He got a little lucky to get there, but he got there. Uh, this, this Colts defense usually does a good job of keeping everything in front of them. They did that all last year. And then this past week, even though Jacksonville put up that big number, they did really put a handle on DJ Shark. So Thielen scares me a little bit here. Dalvin Cook, I think he could. I think he could wiggle some room here. I think he's the guy I want. I want to take on the Minnesota side. Uh, yeah, I have a hard time like committing too much to Adam Thielen this week. So Dalvin Cook's my guy over there. Indianapolis is really the place I want to uh, look for fantasy in this game. Though the backfield is going to be solid. Jonathan Taylor, I think, going to be extremely, extremely. You know, he's a breakout candidate this week for sure. Uh, he's going to catch some passes. I think he has more work in the passing game. And uh, this is Phillip Rivers, man. I just mentioned it earlier, how he's the check down guy. I think he's going to be checking down a lot, and Jonathan Taylor is going to get the benefit of that. And also what, what Phillip Rivers does is locks into a guy over the middle, and he did it for many a years there in San, in uh, San Diego or L.A., whenever, you know, whatever he was there. He did it for a lot, a lot of years with Keenan Allen, and now he's got Paris Campbell. That's, that's – uh, that's his equivalent right here. So I like Paris Campbell. I like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, T.Y. scares me because he needs to hit home runs. And Phillip Rivers, similar to Brady, just can't get the ball downfield anymore like that. So that scares me. But Paris and Jonathan Taylor are my guys. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, Paris looked great, looked explosive, looked like the guy they wanted him to be and, and saw a bunch of targets. And, and like I said, that's Rivers' game. Uh, Taylor's going to step into that starting running back role. Frank Reich. Uh, came out and said he's our guy. We know Hines is going to have value because Rivers loves to throw the running back. So I think all three of those uh, guys are in play Minnesota. I agree on Thielen. I mean, he, he is the only show in town, and, and maybe they get down, and he, he racks up a bunch of numbers again. But uh, I, I'd rather not go back to that and kind of chase those points. I, I do like him uh, over the course of the season, but I think I'm going to be a little less on the field on Thielen this week. So, Derek, uh, thoughts here, Vikings and Colts. Yeah, like Taylor, like Campbell, but uh, also like Hines and Hilton. Uh, the Vikings, one of the worst uh, secondaries in the NFL. I know Hilton, maybe the deep balls aren't going to be there this year, but uh, I think he can break one. Uh, I think he's going to get open uh, time and time again. Very good indoors, like we talk about each and every week. Uh, and then Naheem Hines, I mean, he was getting red zone carries. Uh, he had eight catches last week. You guys mentioned Phillip Rivers locking into those running backs out of the backfield. So I think you can play either one of them, uh, and I think you can play either of the receivers as well, and I certainly don't hate Doyle um, over the middle too. I think it's a really good spot for the Colts offense at home. Uh, I'll disagree with you guys. I do like Thielen. Uh, we mentioned the Colts like to keep everything in front of them. They play that Tampa too, uh, and Thielen runs a lot of routes over the middle. He gets some deep shots as well, but uh, I just think he's going to get peppered with targets. I know the Vikings don't want to throw the ball. Uh, they only threw the ball four times in the first half against the Packers which is kind of crazy. But um, once they did start throwing the ball, it was all the feeling. I think that's going to continue. Fine with Dalvin Cook, but I do worry about Madison coming in. You know, we saw him get some red zone carries. Uh, he's always capable of breaking a long one too. So, uh, yeah, I like Thielen the most on the Vikings. Stackable game here for sure, and it, it kind of reflects in the total. It's 48, Derek. We have Colts uh, three-point favorites at home. I think the Colts offense is going to play really well in this one. Uh, and I think the Vikings are going to put up points late. So I will take the over. I'm going to agree. I'll take the over here. I, I don't think either of these defenses are very good. That Minnesota secondary is terrible. We saw Adams go nuts against them. So 
Uh, I actually don't mind the TY call as much as I, I despise TY for some reason. Uh, I think he's playable here along with Campbell, but uh, over for me here as well. Chop, what do you got? I think the Colts defense is going to be a lot better this week at home against the Vikings than it was last week. So, I mean, a lot better. So I'm going to take Indianapolis. All right, last game in the 1 o'clock window. Uh, shouldn't be much here. Buffalo and Miami, uh, s- uh, s- small 41-point total here. The, the Bills, five-and-a-half-point favorites. So I uh, want to kind of speed things up here and get you guys out of here in a timely matter. So a uh, chop kind of quick thoughts here on this game, unless you're seeing something I'm not seeing. It looks like a mess on both sides of the ball. Yeah, as of right now, I don't have a lot of interest in Miami. And for Buffalo, I do like the uh, Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs connection this week. All right, Derek, what do you got? Man, the only injury here of note, Devontae Parker. So maybe that opens up some value uh, with Miami. But against Tredavious White, I mean, you kind of take Preston Williams out of play. Yeah. Uh, the Buffalo running backs we saw kind of split things evenly. So uh, what do you got here real quick, Buffalo and Miami? Yeah, I was going to say if Parker's out, Preston Williams is probably going to get the white treatment. Um, not great for him. So I uh, don't really like anyone for Miami. And then uh, the Dolphins have some really good cornerbacks, one of the best cornerback duos in the NFL, and Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. So I think they can at least keep, you know, John Brown and Stephon Diggs under wraps a little bit. So I think this is a full fade for me. All right, Buffalo minus five and a half on the road, 41 on that total, Derek. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. Buffalo overperformed in week one. I guess you could say uh, Miami underperformed. Uh, so I'll just take the the home underdog here. All right. I'm going to go Buffalo. I just think they're a much better team than Miami. Just I'm going I'm to keep it very simple there. So give me the bills. Chop, what do you got? I want the under in this game. Under 41. All right. Let's move to the 4 o'clock window. And uh, not much of a doozy here. Washington and Arizona, two teams coming off of wins here. Uh, Chop, we'll start with you and DeAndre Hopkins. And I know you mentioned him last week. I know a lot of people were, were hesitant in season long and best balls, but uh, tough to argue with, with that week one performance. Kyler Murray looked great. Uh, the running backs look good here. So I think it's another good spot uh, for Arizona. Washington got the win. You got to give him credit for, for fighting back here, but uh, kind of ugly stat wise. You know, not, not many guys really got there, as we say. Logan Thomas uh, did score a touchdown for a cheap price tag, but. Uh, Gibson was kind of a disappointment. So Washington, a- Arizona chop, what are you thinking here? I'm thinking I don't mind going back to Terry McLaren this week, even though he was a little bit disappointing. Uh, don't hate Dwayne Haskins at the price tag. I'm a cheap quarterback guy. Don't want to partake in that backfield. Logan Thomas, nice little tight end sleeper, I guess. The price tag, I wish it was, I wish it was a little bit lower, but I live with it. It's Logan Thomas on the flip side. I mean, a lot of people over the summer were led to believe that Cliff Kingsbury spreads it around, so Hopkins was kind of wasted. I mean, I guess they haven't watched much college, but there can be a number one alpha in a Cliff Kingsbury system, guys, and DeAndre's it. Christian Kirk is highly overrated, has been. Fitzgerald's washed. They're not giving Isabella a chance, so Hopkins is the clear number one guy. Uh, In this matchup, I like Kyler to DeAndre again. And I like Kenyon Drake. That three-headed monster, those three guys are going to be in play just about every week against just about every matchup. All right, Derek, what do you got here? Uh, Washington football team. I almost said the the R word uh, going against the Cardinals. Uh, Yeah, I agree with everything Chop said. Uh, It's a three-headed 
monster in Arizona with Kyler Murray, Kenny Drake, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Kirk had one catch for zero yards uh, in week one, and then Hopkins had 14 for a buck 51. So, like going back there, I think Drake's going to uh, have a breakout game here shortly. Washington does have a pretty good front seven. Um, they're more vulnerable in the secondary. So Hopkins probably a better matchup. But I still like Drake at home. And then for Washington, yeah, I love the Logan Thomas call. Only 3,600 for the longest time we've been streaming tight ends against Arizona. I know they picked up somebody that should have helped them in the offseason um, in terms of covering tight ends. But until we see that actually come to fruition, I'll keep playing the cheap tight ends against them. And uh, Terry McLaurin, just play him in tournaments every week. Uh, he could easily go for 100-plus yards and a touchdown. Cardinals minus six and a half at home, 46 and a half on the total. Derek. I will take the uh, Cardinals minus six and a half. I will agree with that. Uh, I was going to go over, but that seems like a pretty solid number here. And I, I worry about Washington's ability to score points uh, on the road. You know, they, they put up some points in week one, but uh, I think this is going to be an offense that, that struggles to find the end zone. So uh, I'll agree with you there. Chop, what do you got? Is Isaiah Simmons was supposed to be the tight end stopper, but he's a rookie, no training camp, no preseason really. So give him time. But I don't, I don't think this is the week yet though. He's still young. So I think I like the over here. I think Washington has a chance to put up points and I know Arizona can, so I'm going to take the over. All right. Next game, we got chiefs and the chargers. So chiefs, we, we saw look like the juggernaut that they are uh, on opening night The the chargers, an ugly game there in Cincinnati. Uh, so they get it done, but uh, was not pretty there with Tyrod uh, in company. So, uh, Chop, what do you got here? Uh, a good defense here against this Kansas City offense. So uh, expensive prices on these guys, as always. Uh, who are we prioritizing here? Is it Mahomes? Is it Tyreek? Is it Kelsey? Obviously a combination of those guys. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looked like the real deal here. Only 7,400 uh, on DraftKings. So, what Chiefs parts do we want, and do we want anything on the L.A. side of things? Oh, man. You know, Edward Hilaire is, is going to be in play every week because even in the matchups that don't look good, they'll just, they'll just let him catch some passes. He's got that in his arsenal. So he's in play every week. Uh, last week and for the last two matchups against Houston, they've done a great job on Tyreek, so I don't take anything away from that. This week I think he'll get a little bit more loose. And so I like. I think it's a Tyreek Hill week. Mahomes to Tyreek is the is the play I want on that side of the ball. Uh, for the Chargers, ah, man, they just didn't look good against Cincinnati. This is a this is a good defense for Kansas City. Tyrod's nothing more than a game manager. I'm not playing Tyrod. A, a lot of the, uh, you know, the projections will tell you, oh, he's a knife for that price tag. Yeah, he's a good cash game play. Man, I'll pass. You know, I'll pass. He's just not very good, to be honest with you. And, he, he saps the value away from Eckler if he's not going to check down to him. Uh, he did target Mike Williams. That was good. Maybe maybe this is a – Mike Williams is going to surplant Keenan Allen because maybe Tyrod can get it downfield better than Phillip Rivers did. So keep your eye on Mike Williams going forward. But, well, I think Tyrod kind of torpedoes a lot of his offensive value here. Uh, man, I don't know. I just – I can't mess around. Right now, it's just not coming to me. I can't force it, Beer. I just can't force it. I'm with you. This team I didn't like in the in the preseason, and I don't I don't really like them here. I mean, they're they're gonna the the thing is they're playing Kansas City, so they're gonna need to muster up uh, some offense. So if there's one guy, I don't mind going back to Austin Eckler. You know, I know a lot of people are down on him, and he didn't see uh, the dump offs that Philip Rivers gave him, but they're gonna need him 
uh, in this game. And, and if he's going to be low-owned, I just see this team playing from behind, or even if they're competitive, uh, he's going to have to be a big part of that. So agree completely with Tyrod Chop. I don't get it. You know, people were talking about him in best ball. I saw him in a lot of week one uh, optimal lineups, and uh, it's just a matter of time before Justin Herbert is ready uh, to take over here. So back to this game, though. I do like Eckler, and I'm fine with all the Chiefs. I think you can stack them up a bunch of different ways, as always. Uh, I'll probably go right back to Kelsey here. Uh, once again, in this matchup, good corners here for this Chargers team. So maybe they lock up Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins. That, that leaves some things open for Travis Kelsey. So, Derek, what do you got here, Chargers and Chiefs? Yeah, I agree with you, Barrett. Uh, I like Austin Eckler to bounce back, at least for tournaments. Only had one target last week. Uh, one of his biggest strengths is catching the ball out of the backfield. Hopefully the coaching staff sees this, corrects it, uh, gets him the ball in open space, and they are going to be playing from behind. So, I like that in tournaments. I know Joshua Kelly looked good, but uh, they just paid Eckler in the offseason. So uh, I like that. Um, kind of agree with you guys on Tyrod. I know he's cheap. He probably gives you a decent enough floor in this game, but uh, I just don't really know what to expect from this passing game. So Eckler's really the only guy I want on the Chargers. And yeah, Tyreek Hill against Chris Harris. That should be a fun matchup to watch. Uh, I do think it could open up targets for Kelsey, like you mentioned, Beer. And I really don't understand uh, the little Twitter bubble that we live in. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 25 touches. I had a really good game, scored a touchdown, and then I get on Twitter, and they're just saying, oh, he wasn't in there to pass block. He only had one target. And everyone's just already saying, like, he's, he can't. I just don't get it. That doesn't mean he's not going to get targets moving forward. He had a good game. Just I thought it was a positive more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, the guy looked like a stud. So, I mean, if he, you know, I don't, I don't think they're – yes, they want him to be a pass block – specialist obviously to protect Mahomes, but uh he looked apart and uh yeah i don't get that either it's it's never good enough for some of our twitterverse but uh he's a stud in my book so uh let's go to the batting window here derek chiefs uh big road favorites here minus eight and a half 47 is that total oh man that's a lot of uh points for a road favorite especially in the division it doesn't feel right but i'll just take the chargers eight and a half all right, I'm going to go to the over. We know the Chiefs are going to score. I, I do like this Chargers defense, but uh, the Chiefs are going to score against anybody, and I think the Chargers can do enough uh, on the other side to, to take us over that total. Chop, what do you got? I'm going to have to take the under here. I just think uh, Bosa and company can get just enough stops to make this thing go under. Now, the real reason Chop took the under is Beer went five and seven last week. So he's like, I'm just going to do opposite of what he says, and I, I should have a winning week. So that's not a bad strategy either, Chop. I, I don't blame you for that. And then the listeners, feel free to use that as well. Go the opposite of my picks, and uh, hopefully you make some money out there. But let's wrap this thing up, guys. We hit, Final game should be a fun one. Uh, Chop, we'll go to you here. Baltimore and Houston, obviously two of the best quarterbacks in the league matching up here. Uh, that Houston defense. Definitely vulnerable here. So uh, Lamar Jackson, 500 more than Patrick Mahomes here uh, on the main slate. Is he the top quarterback? Is he a priority for you? If we're not spending on McCaffrey, uh, maybe we go to Lamar. And then the other side, a tough matchup here uh, with Baltimore. We know they have all those receivers. Will Fuller was the guy in week one. Uh, what are we doing here, Chop? Wrap us up, Ravens and Texans. Yes, I think Lamar is the number one quarterback this week. Uh, the backfield – Again, split carries. I don't know how much to read into it because that game was a blowout pretty early. So maybe Dobbins going in there and getting his eight carries or whatever was more of a product of, well, it's a blowout by then. I don't know. I do know I worry. I, for the season, I love I'm, – I'm very 
as CSU Ram would say, I'm very bullish. I'm very bullish on Marquise Brown. But in this matchup, you know, we just saw this, this same guy take away Tyreek Hill, Bradley Roby. Did a real good job on Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's a good, he's a good, he's a good cornerback. So I worry about Marquise, but of course Marquise can beat anybody on one play and it only takes one play, but I'm worried about him. So I'm going to go to Mark Andrews because he's a lock and load for me on a site like FanDuel that heavily weighs touchdowns. He's just like, he's got to be an odds on favorite to get a touchdown just about every week. And, and in this matchup is no different. So Mark Andrews, really good tight end play on the flip side. Deshaun could always put it up even in garbage time. Uh, David Johnson looked good. Don't know if I want him in this matchup, though. Will Fuller looked good. I don't mind going back to Will Fuller, I guess. Uh, can't really trust Cooks. Can't really trust Cobb. They didn't get the ball to those those guys enough. So that's a tough one. But I think somehow Deshaun manufactures some points here. So I don't know who to pair him with, though. I guess Will Fuller. Yeah, Fuller for me. I definitely want the, these Baltimore stacks. I mean, we, we saw Kelsey find the end zone against this team uh, in week one. Andrews looked phenomenal. He's going to be running more routes uh, than he was last season when he put up great numbers. So uh, it's not a fluke there with Mark Andrews. Uh, so give me him. Give me Hollywood uh, with Lamar. Give me both of them. Running it back with some Will Fuller. Uh, I think that's the stacks I'm going to go with here. So uh, Derek, anything different? Agree with that? Disagree? Uh, anything more on the Houston side we can dig out here? Uh, finish this off here, Ravens and Texans. Yeah, you guys pretty much hit on everything that I wanted to uh, with the Ravens. Lamar's the top quarterback play of the week. Andrew's one of the top uh, tight end plays. Get some Marquise Brown in tournaments. Uh, for the Texans, only other thing I wanted to mention is Duke Johnson's questionable, and David Johnson looked pretty good in week one. Uh, that surprised me a little bit. Uh, he looked uh, more than washed last year in Arizona, so um, you know, they traded Hopkins for him. They're going to give him a workload and it's a game where they will be trailing. So maybe, uh, it's one of those games where he can rack up six to eight catches and easily pay off that price point. It's pretty cheap across the industry. All right. Ravens minus six and a half here, Derek, heavy, heavy juice on that. So probably minus seven here uh, by the time the people hear the pod. Uh, so we'll go with seven and 52 on the total. Oh, I would have said uh, six and a half for sure. Um, so give me the over. I'm going to go Baltimore here, even with the seven. Uh, again, just a, they're the much better team. I, Houston, I, I like Watson. I think they'll put up some points here. But uh, Baltimore, for me, minus seven. Chop, what do you got? And you got me with the seven. I was really, I was really expecting six and a half. <laughs> you got me. But Had to throw I a mean, curveball in there. I just feel like Baltimore is uh, too many ways in which they can get this done. And Houston's really limited. And then the home field advantage is not as great as it was in every other year because of the crowd. So I'll say Baltimore. All right. That will wrap us up guys. Any final thoughts here? Uh, bold calls, anything you want to, you want to talk about here before we get out of here for week two. Um, I, uh, no, no, no bowl calls. I'm just, I'm still playing it by year. It's going to be a weird season and it's going to be weird up until the first three or four weeks of the year. Then we can see how things start playing out. So temper, I'm tempering my expectations. Getting those data points, uh, taking in the information week by week. So, uh, again, don't, don't underreact to things. Don't overreact either. Just, uh, looking at those numbers and, uh, keep an eye on the ownership. I think that'll be important in some of these these higher total games like this one uh, in that Atlanta-Dallas game. Derek, final thoughts here for week two. 
Yeah, just try not to overreact too much to week one. Uh, we only have one week of data to work with, so everyone's just uh, ready to throw out stats and all that. So uh, just don't be afraid to take some of the guys that got off the slower starts. Doesn't mean uh, you know one week is going to lead to everything. Uh, so yeah, good luck in week two, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So let's get it. Absolutely. So for Notorious, for Head Chopper, I am Beer. Seeing Salu, guys. Thanks as always for listening. Good luck here, and we'll see you next week.